Well, the world of music is full of talent, but the pantheon of music is home to far fewer. It's pretty rarefied air there, but my next guest knows it all too well. He's had number one hits, performed in cities all over the world. He's done Vegas. He's represented the UK in Eurovision. He's even appeared on The Love Boat, for goodness sake. He's sold more than 140 million records. But of all the hits over all the years, this is the one that, as he says, took him around the world. Please release me. Engelbert Humperdinck, and he joins me live. Engelbert, so lovely to meet you and to talk to you. Thank you for the time. You're welcome. Nice to talk to you. Uh, Release Me, 1967. The Engelbert story doesn't really start in 1967. It starts before then, but the stardom really came from that song, didn't it? Yeah, 67 came along. I I recorded the song of uh, what you just played, Release Me, and uh, it sat on the shelf for three months, and I didn't think it was going to be anywhere, but it was, uh, but all of a sudden I got a TV show called Sunday Night at the London Palladium. And right after that, boom, it went to number one in the charts and stayed there for a long, long time. And I stayed in the charts for 56 weeks and yeah. stopped the Beatles from having their 13th number one. <laughs> it did. That's quite right. All right, let's <laughs> go back to the start, though. You were born in Madras, which is British India at the time. I think you're one of 10. Your dad, he yeah. was Welsh. Is that where the big lungs come from, that Welsh background? Uh, well, you know, my, my, I'm, a, I'm an army family, so uh, uh, he, he was never in show business, but uh, but he, he, my mother had the voice, and I guess I got it from her. You know, I got the voice from her. I'm from a family of 10, yeah, and uh, it's a rather large family. And everybody thought my father was Russian, but he was just taking his time. <laughs> <laughs> Dear A.D. Now, I think you've used yeah. that one on stage before. See, this is the thing. I'm talking here with Engelbert Humperdinck, obviously. The, the, the records, we know the records, but you're the consummate performer. And when you get on stage, you do the impersonations. You do all sorts of things. It's not just sort of 30 songs and then off you go. It, it is a production that you put on, isn't it? Well, right now I don't do any more impersonations, but because I've got so much music to, to offer my audience, so therefore, you know, I keep it in the musical line all the time. And uh, I'm always recording, I'm always changing my styles, and, and at the moment I'm doing a project which is totally off the wall for me, you know, it's, it's not in my comfort zone. It's with Cleopatra Records and the kind of music that people don't expect Engelbert Humberdine to sing. And I'm, I'm working on that project right now. And when I finished a couple of three of those songs, I'm going to put it in my show that I'm bringing to Australia. And that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm telling you that I'm going to put two new songs in the show. People are going to be looking From forward that, to hearing those. Uh, absolutely. Leicester became home. Uh, does it still feel like home, though, Leicester? So, I mean, you've been in the, the United States, you've done Vegas, you've been all over the world. Is, is Leicester still home for you? It is. It is my home. I have, still have a lot of family there. And I have a home, which is uh, absolutely beautiful. And uh, I was there at Christmas, and I, I took part of my family there to spend Christmas in, 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 in Leicester. And they loved it, and it's, it's for them in, in the future. It's a great home, you know, and, and I hope they use it for the rest of their lives. 
Now, you mentioned the Beatles earlier. The, the thing that struck me researching before speaking to you, though, Engelbert, is the synergies between you and Elvis Presley. And they do go beyond the sideburns. And I note you probably started the sideburns. We'll get the story in a second. Yeah. But, but, I mean, both you and he started your careers and then the military called and interrupted things. Uh, you, you both triumphed in Vegas. You both have extraordinarily powerful voices and a wonderful stage presence. And, yeah. indeed, there is that similar look. Uh, the, the, the synergies go for years and years, and you were close friends, weren't you? Yes, we, yes, we were. As a matter of fact, I considered Elvis probably the finest performer I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. And when I saw him work, you know, there was a reason for me to, to be there because I learned so much from watching this consummate performer doing things that I was in awe about. And I thought to myself, why don't I steal something from this guy? You know, because he stole my sideburns. Let me steal something from him. <laughs> so I did. I did. I stole a lot of things because he had his humility was something else. You know, uh, uh, he never took his image seriously. And he always made fun of himself on stage. And I did that with my name. I made fun of my name on stage. So I stole that piece of the business from Elvis. But also the way he handled himself on stage, you know, it was so elegant and professional. And I never saw anybody like him, ever. You, you sort of ponder, no doubt you do as well, all these years on, uh, what the world of music might have been like if Elvis lived beyond 1977. What, would he still be performing in his 80s as you are? I bet he would. I bet he would. And you know something? I would have loved to do a duet with him. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, because you've done duets with Elton John, you've done duets with all these people around the world. You were close with Elvis, you performed on similar stages, stayed in similar rooms in the Hilton and everything, but you never did a duet, did you? No, never got around to that. There was time Time beat us at that moment, you know. Yeah. I know, yeah, we lost him too quickly. Yeah, we did. Uh, you almost had strangers in the night. This is something people don't know, but uh, that was yeah. offered to you, and the manager talked you out of it, I think, didn't he? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Bert Canford wrote that song for me, and he gave me uh, Spanish Eyes, Strangers in the Night, and Wonderland by Night. Yeah. And I, I went to London, I recorded all three songs, and after I'd finished the recording them, Gordon Mills, who was my manager at the time, said, you can't have Strangers in the Night. I said, why not? I said, number one. Number one. You can't have it. Sinatra wants it. Sinatra. So who's going to argue with Sinatra? Yeah. You know. But he took it and he made it number one. He sang it. He recorded it. Went to number one. But he never sang it on stage. Yeah. What a waste. You would have done I that. Told, you would have put I, it on I, stage. I would have done it on stage all my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I want to ask you about stage. I, I was watching <laughs> you at the Birmingham Hippodrome. I think it might have been in the eighties, yeah. judging by the look. And you had the moustache yeah. at the time. You good-looking rooster. Uh, and you on stage at one point in the concerts, and you've done this for a long, long time, you bring one of the two of the ladies up and you plonk them in chairs. Yeah. And, you know, there's a little bit of tonsil hockey going on among all the songs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, today, performers probably wouldn't be allowed to do that, you know, the, the whatever. No, you don't, I don't be, do that today. No. Be arrested. It's, but, a, such, it's such a shame because I, I miss that sort of thing, you know. It's fun for me as much as it was fun for the fans who came on stage. Yeah. Know? I got to kiss thousands of girls. Yeah, know? I know. <laughs> and none of them said don't. <laughs> now, uh, you, you, look, you've had all the hits. We know the hits. Last Waltz, some other, it's easy to forget. Man Without Love as they'd release me. We know all of those, and they always form a part of your show. You've always been generous yeah. to fans to give them that because that's why they love you. Yeah. But, but for me, uh, out of the pantheon of music that you've put together, and I know there are still some coming, 
I have to say, for me, it was your version of Edith Piaf's uh, Hymn à l'Amour that resonated the most. I'm just for listeners wondering what it sounds like, if they haven't heard it, just have a listen. If the sun should tumble from the sky If the sea should suddenly run dry If you love me, really love me Just beautiful, beautiful. I know, you know, when she lost her, her husband in the accident, the plane accident, yeah. she did that song a cappella on radio and, and made the nation cry. So I decided to do that particular song. Amazing stuff. Yeah. You, you had at one point, you used to close your shows with a song called I Believe. Uh, and, yeah. and you used to say it is because you do believe. I mean, you've always been a strong Catholic. And in the modern age of music, I suppose a lot of people don't yeah. live their religion on their sleeve. But... You always have, haven't you? I still have it. I still have my faith. And my altar goes wherever I go. When I get into my dressing room, my altar is set up before my makeup is put out. Now, you're coming to Australia. It's not your first rodeo. <laughs> I was doing a little research. In 1970, I don't know if you remember this, you were here in 1970 at the Chevron Hotel. You're coming this time to perform at the <laughs> Opera House, so you're socially climbing, Engelbert. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I, I love playing over there. And I mean, the Opera House is a great place to play, you know. And there's a bonus show now because the Opera House is sold out. So off to the State Theatre you go, hey? So, yeah, it was great. It's great. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I mean, we could talk forever. I know you don't have the time. Uh, people don't have to wait that long. You're on your way out here. There are still, I think, a few tickets left for that second show at the State yeah. Theatre. Uh, so Melon Events, M-E-L-L-E-N, Events, melonevents.com.au. You want to grab them quick because they are going to go fast. You're still selling out all these years on Engelbert, and that's because people love you and they love your Thank music. God. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye. There is a genuine legend of music, Engelbert Humperdinck. I believe above the storm, the smallest breath. 